Colossians 1, and uh, it's good to be here this morning. What a blessing. And uh, last week, I don't know if you all remember what we looked at. Does anybody remember? Colossians 1. Thank you, Pastor. Yeah, somebody was paying attention. And uh, we talked about Paul praying for the the saints at Colossae uh, that they would be strengthened. And uh, we looked at a few things uh, in what that uh, entailed there. And uh, according to his glorious power, right? We don't have any strength of our own. Uh, We can't do this in our power. And it's a blessing to know that uh, uh, God will empower us to accomplish His will. And uh, we need the power of God in our lives. We most certainly do. And, and as we walk worthy of the Lord, right, and, and through the power that He provides, we can increase in knowledge and strength. And, and today, uh, we're going to look probably in verses 12 through 14. We left off there. We didn't quite get to uh, verse 14 last week. And and uh, so we're going to kind of rehash some of this. It's different, I promise, but um, it, there's, it's flows in the, in the Scriptures, and so we're going to look at it again. But we didn't really touch on this joyfulness uh, last week, and so um, we're going to take a few moments and look at that and in, in, in why we can be joyful or uh, because He made us meet. And so um, I don't know why that keeps doing that. Sorry, but... Uh, Colossians chapter uh, 1, let's start there in verse 9, and we'll read down through verse 14. For this cause we also, since the day we heard it, do not cease to pray for you, and to desire that ye might be filled with the knowledge of His will and all wisdom and spiritual understanding, that ye might walk worthy of the Lord unto all pleasing, being fruitful in every good work, and increasing in the knowledge of God, strengthened with all might, According to his glorious power, unto all patience and long suffering with joyfulness, giving thanks unto the Father, which hath made us meet to be partakers of the inheritance of the saints in light, who hath delivered us from the power of darkness, and hath translated us into the kingdom of his dear Son, in whom we have redemption through his blood, even the forgiveness of sins. What a blessing. Father, we do thank you for this day, Lord. We thank you for the Sunday school hour. Lord, I thank you for a church that still emphasizes the Word of God and the importance of studying it. And Father, we pray that you'd be with us now, Lord. I pray that you uh, take control, Lord, and that the Spirit would uh, have its way in each and every heart this morning. Give me clarity of thought and speech. And I pray, Lord, that you'd be glorified in all of it. And Lord, that you would strengthen us to walk worthy of you. And we'll give you the thanks for it all. In Jesus' name, amen. Uh, So this morning... The idea here of joyfulness, and I, I kind of touched on this last week, and, and we talked about there in verse um, 11 that uh, we can be strengthened uh, with all might, and it says unto all patience and long suffering, it says with joyfulness. And oftentimes when we think of patience and long suffering, we don't think of joy. Uh, because we're enduring, we're going through some things, we, we have some trials, and, and listen this morning, how can we face troubles and challenges with joy? Uh, the answer is in the scriptures here, and it's because we have a grateful heart for what Christ has done for us. Um, when you understand what Christ did for you, and uh, listen, this morning's message was such a blessing, what he's doing for you uh, today, um, you can have joy, regardless of the circumstances. 
And uh, even though you're patiently enduring or, or you're suffering, and in 2 Corinthians, we looked at that last week, said, most gladly will I glory in my infirmities. We ought to be thanking God for our struggles, rejoicing that he has made us meet to be partakers in his inheritance. It says that um, giving thanks, verse 12, unto the Father which hath made us meet to be partakers of the inheritance of the saints in light. He made us meet. He made us suitable. He enabled it. He qualified us. Uh, he made it possible. Second, or not Second Timothy, but the only, the only Timothy. Or excuse me, Titus. What am I talking about? This Titus chapter two. Lord, help me. Um, it says, "Looking." Say again. <laughs> Maybe I didn't have enough this morning. I look forward to coffee this evening. <laughs> Titus chapter two, verses thirteen and fourteen. Looking for the blessed hope and the glorious appearing of the great God and our Savior, Jesus Christ, who gave himself for us, that he might redeem us from all iniquity and purify himself a peculiar people, zealous of good works. Do you understand what Christ did for you? I love how this kind of goes along with what Pastor was talking about this morning. Listen, Christ took us unworthy, degenerate, and defiled and forgave us and purified us, making us meet. And we can give him thanks for that, giving thanks unto the Father which hath made us meet. Uh, it is of nothing that we could have accomplished on our own. Uh, we couldn't do enough good things to make us meet, to make us suitable to be in the position that we are today in Christ. And, and what a blessing to know. Understanding what the Lord uh, does for you ought to cause you to be thankful for it. Uh, understanding that, and, and he saved us and he purifies us. And I'm so thankful for the sanctification process. Um, growing in grace and, and, and growing to be more like Christ. And, and it's a joy to have victory in your life. And uh, I'm looking for that day when we are different, uh, when we're glorified, and, and we don't have to deal with some of the the, the fleshly struggles that we face today. But um, Paul emphasized the importance of gratitude over and over in his writings. We see that. I don't think there's writing that he, that he uh, opens up without giving thanks to the Lord and, and uh, <clears throat> for what he's done. Verse 3 in this passage in chapter 1 says, We give thanks to God and the Father, our Lord Jesus Christ, praying always for you. He just The Apostle Paul was a thankful person. And he understood where he came from. And that's what drove him to thankfulness, I believe. He understood his state and, and uh, what he did uh, <clears throat> to offend his God, uh, to offend God. And uh, we are to be grateful because God qualified us to share in the inheritance of the saints. He qualified us. And, and how did he do that? So we ought to be thankful because he's made us meet. Uh, we are now partakers of this inheritance. In verse 13, it says, Who hath delivered us? From the power of darkness, and hath translated us into the kingdom of his dear Son. The Father delivered us from the power of darkness. In Christ, we have been freed from the dominion of sin or darkness. First uh, John chapter one and verse six through eight says this: If we say that we have fellowship with Him and walk in darkness, we lie and do not the truth. But if we walk in the light, as He is in the light. We have fellowship one with another, and the blood of Jesus Christ, His Son, cleanses us from all sin. If we say that we have no sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. 
Sin must no longer reign in us, nor does Satan have dominion over us. Because of what Christ's done, we were in darkness. We were in bondage. Ephesians 6, 12 says this, For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. Without Christ, we are in bondage to sin and the rulers of darkness. Do you remember what bondage was like? Do you remember when you, were, when you were there and you were in captivity, so to speak? But in Christ, the Lord has delivered the believer from this bondage. Uh, we've been delivered through Christ. It is by the grace of God that we are made meet. Unmerited favor, God's grace, that we are made meet and made suitable. Uh, he qualified us. He authored and made it possible. I love that thought. Listen, it's not due to any effort or work on our part. There's nothing that we had to offer. Worthless. In our own strength, worthless. We had nothing. A a pile of filthy rags. There was nothing that we had to offer him. And he came down and made this possible, and it's by his grace. And I came across this by Adam Clark, and I'm going to read it to you. I thought it was a great thought here. It says, he has truly changed our state, brought us out of the dark region of vice and impiety, and placed us in the kingdom under the government of his dear son, the son of his love, the person whom, in his infinite love, He has given to make an atonement for the sin of the world. He's brought us out of the dark regions of vice and piety, and he's given us something. He translated us into the kingdom of his dear son. Uh, The Apostle Paul, when he's there answering the king, Agrippa, in Acts chapter 26, and and he's rehearsing those things that when the Lord had met him and, and given him in Acts 26, 18, it says this, about Christ to open their eyes and turn them from darkness to light and from the power of Satan unto God that they may receive the forgiveness of sins and inheritance among them which are sanctified by faith that is in me. What a great thought. Have you thought about that recently? That it is, you were in darkness. You were in bondage. You were under the power of Satan. And and I think I used this illustration about being lost a few weeks ago. And and do you remember that state that you were in? Uh, I remember when God brought me to that place when I realized I got nothing. I can't do this on my own. Uh, This doesn't make sense. I don't understand this. And and when you look at your life and you look at uh, the sin-plagued life that you had, and, and, and listen, I, I got right with God when I was 16 years old. Um, I was saved at about 12 years old in, in, a, in a summer revival. And, and um, <clears throat> you can have a lot of sin in your life by the time you're 12 years old. Uh, and even more by the time you're 16. And, 
And listen, for those of you saints that have been saved later in life, uh, God bless you. Um, uh, we have nothing but a life of sin and filth to offer him. But he sent his son to take our place that we might be meat, that we might be made suitable uh, in his eyes. Did you, do you understand that? Uh, the depravity that you were in and where you were at, and Christ came to change it, to translate that, to, to flip it upside down, to turn it all around and, and make it right. And, and uh, so giving thanks unto the Father which hath made us meet to be partakers. We weren't worthy of this. Uh, of the inheritance of the saints of light. And it says, who hath delivered us from the power of darkness. He's delivered us from that. We were in bondage. He's translated us uh, to the kingdom of his dear son. And look at verse 14. In whom we have redemption. Through his blood, even the forgiveness of sins. Redemption, in, in Webster's Dictionary, it says, delivered from bondage, distress, penalty, liability, or from the possession of another by paying an equivalent, the debt against us is not viewed as simply canceled, listen to this, but as fully paid. Amen. It wasn't canceled. It wasn't just like, ah, we'll disregard that. It was paid. Yep. What a blessing to know. It was covered. And we, again, could not cover it on our own. We needed him to pay our debt. Christ's blood or life, which he surrendered for them, is the ransom by which the deliverance of his people from the servitude of sin and from its penal consequences is secured through Christ. We've been redeemed. People say we've been bought back. Uh, the payment has been made. Uh, Christ did that for us. And I'm going to read several verses this morning. I'll, uh, Acts chapter 20, if you want to read along, and, and 1 Corinthians, Galatians, Galatians, Ephesians. We're going to look at several verses as just a reminder of our redemption this morning and what God has done for us through the blood of Jesus Christ. And, and I think if we get a hold of what he's done, we can have joy in this life, regardless of the struggles, regardless of the enduring that we must accomplish. If we understand what he did for us and, and how he brought us from where we were and, and put us in a place to be meet and suitable, we can have joy. You guys don't look like you have joy. I'll be honest. There were... I don't know, you know, uh, I, apparently you're not looking at what I'm looking at. Well, uh, um, uh, and, and listen, sometimes just meditate on the word of God. It'll do something to you. And, and I know it's just me, right? The foolishness of preaching is probably epitomized right here. And, and, uh, but uh, maybe I can't convey what's really in my heart. And, but I want you to understand what God did for you this morning. And you needed it. And you couldn't do it yourself. So we're going to look at several verses here. And a nine, I think it is. Uh, it is Roman numeral nine is in my notes. And so thank you, Word auto format. Um, makes your notes look good, right? It's auto format. Uh, but when auto format's not working right, it's frustrating. But anyway, and then you got to figure out how to format it. I went to college and I learned some things, but I don't know how useful it's been. Anyway, sorry, I'm distracted. Acts chapter 20, verse 28. Take heed, therefore, unto yourselves 
and all the flock over the which the Holy Ghost hath made you overseers to feed the church of God, look at what it says here, which he hath purchased with his blood. He redeemed us with his blood. He took our place. The wages of sin is death. Uh, he, he died for you. 1 Corinthians chapter 6, 19 and 20. What know ye not? That your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost, which is in you, which ye have of God, and ye are not your own. Here it is. For ye are bought with a price. Therefore glorify your body and in your spirit, which are God's. There was a price for our salvation. It wasn't free. Listen, it wasn't easy. Christ endured. He suffered. He was beaten. He bled and died for you. Galatians 3.13 says this. Christ hath redeemed us from the curse of the law, being made a curse for us, for it is written, Cursed is everyone that hangeth on a tree. Christ took up the cross for you. How often we get a little cranky about having to endure here. We are told to take up our cross. Uh, listen, we are told to endure hardness. Um, we don't like that in today's Christianity. We want things to be easy. Cindy and I were talking about our boys, and, and uh, so I was telling her, Carter and I went together yesterday for a couple hours. We went out riding um, out at Railroad Butte OHV. People know it as Farmingdale. You know, there's some trails and things out there. And, and we pulled up with my old 2004 Chevy and this homemade trailer that I made, it's, turned, it's kind of getting rusty. It looked good when we made it. It really is a nice trailer, but it's rusting out, you know. And, and I got my 1996 Suzuki dirt bike, and, and, uh, which is uh, a tractor. It just runs and runs. Anyway, um, and we got this $800 four-wheeler uh, recently. And, you know, just, just, I mean, it's a blessing to have it. My, my point is... We, we got there, and there was really nobody really there because we were trying to get there before the heat of the day, and I had to prepare for Sunday school. Still, I had some more things I want to do for my notes and, and stuff. And so <clears throat> we want to get there early so we can leave and have the afternoon and the evening at home. And, and uh, so we went out riding. We went kind of deep, far back, deeper than we've been before, and, and we were having a good old time. We took some pictures. I think we took a selfie, and I don't know how to do selfies, but... Uh, um, we had a good time, right? And, and we came back to the parking area. And we were so thankful for our old crusty machines. And what's parked next to me? A brand new, you know, power stroke diesel with a fancy enclosed trailer. And I don't know how many brand new motorcycles. Awesome. Just amazing. And uh, they sounded great. They looked great. And, and all of that. And... And uh, <clears throat> I was kind of feeling like, man, mine aren't that good. You know, and, and uh, I got home. My wife gave me a gut check. She said, you know, I was thinking today how blessed we are. 
a home we have. <clears throat> God's provided. That old truck's still running. God's been good. None of that matters. Nobody's going to care. Nobody probably cares now that I have an old motorcycle. Nobody cares, right? And she said, our kids have a good testimony. We've heard some very positive things about Caleb lately. And boy, if that's the worst thing I got to endure as a Christian, I got it rough, right? I don't got the fancy new bike and the new truck, you know? And, and listen, uh, we're called to take up our cross. That's what Christ did for us. The reproach and the beating that he endured to pay your penalty, to pay my penalty. The perfect Lamb of God took care of that for us. Cursed is everyone that hangeth on a tree. He was willing to do that for you and to do it for me. Galatians chapter 4, verses 5 and 6 say this, But when the fullness of the time was come, God sent forth His Son, made of a woman, made under the law, to redeem them that were under the law, that they might receive the adoptions of sons. Boy, that we might receive it. It was all of Him. Ephesians 1, 7, In whom we have redemption through His blood, the forgiveness of sins, according to the riches of His grace. Boy, is His grace rich. First uh, Timothy chapter 2 and verse 5 and 6, For there is one God and one mediator between God and men, the man Christ Jesus, who gave himself a ransom for all to be testified in due time. Hebrews 9.12, Neither by the blood of goats and calves, but by his own blood, he entered in once into the holy place, having obtained eternal redemption for us. He's redeemed us. He did it. 1 Peter 1, 18 and 19, For as much as ye know that ye were not redeemed with corruptible things as silver and gold, from your vain conversation were received by tradition from your fathers, but with the precious blood of Christ, as of a lamb without blemish and without spot. And finally this morning, Revelations 5 and verse 9, And they sung a new song, saying, Thou art worthy to take the book. And to open the seals thereof, for thou wast slain, and hast redeemed us to God by thy blood out of every kindred and every tongue and people and nation. He was slain for you and me, that we might be partakers. If that doesn't get you fired up, I don't know what will this morning. I, I mean, I know I'm not the best speaker this morning, but you guys should be hooping and hollering, right? I'm expecting somebody to do a lap this morning. Because God's taking care of it for you. He's redeemed you. Uh, boy, goodness, we have forgiveness of sins. We're going to finish early this morning. The sinner is by this act of grace forever freed from the guilt and penalty of his sins. In whom we have redemption through his blood, even the forgiveness of sins. We often use the term justified. We've been justified. I, I found this, this in a Bible dictionary about justification. 
I'm going to read it to you this morning. Justification is not the forgiveness of a man without righteousness, but a declaration that he possesses a righteousness which perfectly and forever satisfies the law, namely Christ's righteousness. Are you picking up what he's putting down right here? Uh, another's righteousness. And this, I thought this was interesting. A forensic term. Opposed to condemnation. As regards its nature, it is the judicial act of God by which he pardons all the sins of those who believe in Christ and accounts, accepts, and treats them as righteous in the eyes of the law. Conformed to all its demands. Did you get that? Conformed to all of its demands. He's made us suitable or meet. We now meet these requirements of the law through the righteousness of Jesus Christ. That's a blessing to know. Because listen, I'll tell you what, I struggle. I have faults, I have failures, I have sin, and and I cannot do that. But through Christ's righteousness, I meet the requirements of the law. What a blessing uh, to know that, that, that he has done it for us. Justification declares that all the claims of the law are satisfied in respect of the justified. It is the act of a judge and not of a sovereign. The law is not relaxed or set aside, but is declared to be fulfilled in the strictest sense. And so the person justified is declared to be entitled to all the advantages and rewards arising from perfect obedience to the law. Did you get that? Those that are dead in trespasses and sins that have violated the law, now through Christ, are as if they have perfect obedience to the law. Blow your mind, right? That doesn't even make sense. But because of Christ and what he's done on the cross and the shedding of his blood, we now can be partakers. Um, Romans chapter 5, you can turn there. We're going to read verses 1 through 10. I think this is a good way to kind of summarize and, and sum this up, and, and I believe that because it's not a commentary. It's not my thoughts on it. It's the Word of God on it. In Romans chapter 5 and verse 1 through 10, it says this, Therefore, being justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, by whom also we have access by faith into this grace wherein we stand and rejoice in hope of the glory of God, and not only so, but we glory in tribulation also. Uh-oh, there's that again, right? We're talking about enduring and having patience and long-suffering with joyfulness, right? Uh, but we glory in tribulation also, knowing that tribulation worketh patience, and patience experience, and experience hope. And hope maketh not ashamed, because the love of God is shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Ghost, which is given unto us, For when we were yet without strength, nothing we could do, in due time Christ died for the ungodly. For scarcely for a righteous man will one die, yet peradventure for a good man some would even dare to die. But God condemneth his love toward us, and that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. While we were still offensive and filthy before him, he loved us. Much more than being now justified by his blood, we shall be saved from the wrath through him. For if, when we were enemies, we were reconciled to God by the death of his son, much more being reconciled, we shall be saved by his life. What a blessing. 
I don't really have a lot of thoughts on that because I think it's pretty self-explanatory. It's all because of what Christ has done to allow us the opportunity to serve him. And, and um, we talked about being strengthened last week. And, and uh, <clears throat> to build strength, I know physically speaking, lifting weights and, and tearing that muscle uh, fiber and, and allowing it to rebuild. And, and when you think of that in the Christian life, we don't like to endure that. Um, but as we talked about last week, we will. Like it or not, we're going to be faced with challenging times and difficult circumstances and difficult people. We need to be patient with people. How patient has Christ been with you? Uh, We need to suffer long through circumstances that we don't understand because it's building strength in us. And uh, we can joyfully face difficult people and challenged in circumstances because we know through Christ the Lord has made us meet to be partakers of the inheritance. Challenges will come. But if you understand what Christ did, and, and now because of Christ, what you have access to, and really what your future is, you can do it with a smile on your face and joy in your heart. Because if that's the worst you're going to face, it ain't that bad. Um, and just remember what Christ did for you. The reproach he bore, the spear to the side he took, uh, the whippings, the mockings that he took for you that, to make you meet. And just as Jesus endured the death of the cross for the joy that was set before him, we too can face life with joy and thanksgiving if we remember what the Lord has brought us from. Hebrews 12.2 says this, Looking unto Jesus the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is set down at the right hand of the throne of God. For consider him that endured such contradiction of sinners against himself. Look at the latter part of this, verse 3. Lest ye be wearied and faint in your minds. Christ never gave up. He took it all the way to the cross. He wasn't weary. What kept him going? The joy that was before him. He knew the results that was going to be. In verse 4, it says, Yet, or excuse me, verse 4, Ye have not yet resisted unto blood, striving against sin. How's your battle against sin this morning? Uh, Resisted unto blood? Anyone in here? I haven't. We're soft. And I don't believe it's just American Christianity. I think it's especially so in America. But we've lost our ability to endure hardness because God's blessings have been so great. And we forgot what Christ has done for us. And we get a little cranky when there's a little unrest in our nation. And we start to get worried about, oh, is God really in control of this thing? How are we going to face these uncertain times? Uh, Listen, we are going to face them with joy, God willing. Uh, It might get harder. It might get more difficult. Uh, But listen, don't ever forget what Christ endured for you. 
And don't ever forget that God's on the throne and he's in control. Listen this morning, I don't, I say these things up here in front of you. I don't understand all your trials and all your challenges in life. I know there are many people of God that face very difficult things, very challenging times. But what I do know is that Christ endured the cross for you, and he did it with joy. That is the example that we have before us. Somebody that came in the likeness of man. He endured all those same things that we deal with. Listen, he, you're not facing anything that Christ does not understand. He understands it all. He's experienced it. Uh, great message this morning. He's interceding for you because of it. Uh, do not forget what Christ did for you. Through him, you were redeemed and have the forgiveness of sin. What a joy. Listen this morning. I said that we're soft. I believe that with all my heart. I believe I am. Um, I believe that, that uh, we quit too easy in modern day Christianity. We give up when it's, when it's challenging. And, and, uh, <clears throat> and I know this to be true because growing up in the West, in uh, Washington and Oregon, they were the, the two most unchurched states in the Union. I, I believe they still are. I know 10, 15 years ago, I know for a fact that they were. And, and it would kind of flip-flop back and forth depending on when churches were opening and closing and things like that between Washington and Oregon being the the two most unchurched uh, states. And, but <clears throat> Pastor Boyle, when he went in 1981, he went to Spokane, Washington to start Faith Baptist Church. And, and uh, there was, uh, I believe it was Pastor Paisley, it might have been someone else, but there was a pastor in Pasco, Washington, in the Tri-Cities area. They've been pastoring for a, a few decades. I, I, Brother for, uh, First, you might know, but um, I can't remember. I think his church had been there for 30-some years or something there in the Tri-Cities. It was kind of the regional um, lighthouse, if you will, in that area just because there wasn't a lot of churches that had been there and, and, and stuck around. And he looked at Greg Boyle when he came, and he said, I give you two years. I give you two years. He said, men, come out here, out west. And, and he, well, I don't think he understood as Greg Boyle is from Seattle, Washington, and so he was kind of familiar with the culture out west. But... But, um, <clears throat> but he said, I gave you two years. He could count, he lost, I guess he lost count of the number of men that had went out to the West. He said, I'm going to start this church. God's called me here. This is what God wants me to do. And quit. And I experienced that in my own life. As we were there, we would, Pastor Bill got behind every man that he could that said, I'm going to come out West. I'm going to start a church. There's more. There's a need for churches in the West. And he got behind, I can think of off the top of my head, five men right now that we're going to start a church that are no longer there. Some of them didn't last six months because it was difficult. It wasn't easy. People just didn't bang on the door saying, let me in. I want to, I want to hear the preaching of the word of God. It, it was a challenge. It was difficult. And, and listen, this morning, God has called us to reach the city of Rapid. No matter how hard it is, 
Uh, listen, we could look at uh, Noah in, in preaching for years. Nobody's listening. I don't think that's the case here in Rapid City. I think people will listen if we preach, if we go. The Apostle Paul prayed for the church at Colossae that they would be strengthened. I think because he knew what challenges faced the Christian life. He had made his journeys, we call them the missionary journeys, right? He had traveled around preaching the word of God, suffering affliction and, and persecution and those things. And, and he, the people of God needed strength. They need patience. They need to be able to suffer for a long time. And I think the Apostle Paul could do it because he, like Jesus Christ, understood the joy that was before him. He understood what Christ had done for him, and he understood what was coming. That's why it said that he had kept the faith. He had finished his course. And this morning, I'm just trying to encourage you to, to stick at it. Pray for others. We've been talking about being and praying for others over the last few weeks. Pray for others that, that our church would be strengthened. I want our church to be strengthened with all my heart. I want to reach more people for Christ in Rapid City. And if we do it together, we can accomplish so much more. We can strive together in unity. And so uh, just pray for one another. And, and listen, don't forget what Christ did for you. No matter, come what may, we can do it with joy because we understand what Christ did for us and, and now the inheritance that we have in Christ. Let's pray. Father, we do thank you for this day. Lord, I thank you for your word, and I pray, Lord, that you just speak to each and every heart. Lord, I pray that we would never forget what you've done to redeem us. And Lord, I pray for our church. I pray that we would be strengthened. I pray, Lord, that you would just increase uh, the knowledge of the will of God in our lives, Lord, and that you would increase, uh, Lord, our wisdom in all things. And I pray, Lord, that you would just use this church to reach more people for Christ. I pray that we would be sold out, purified, God-honoring vessels that you could use for your glory. We ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen.